Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Supreme Resort Land V World, a podcast about Disneyland and Walt Disney World, and which is the Supreme Resort. And we're still here. Each episode, we will discuss and explore each resort, ride by ride, land by land, park by park, stage show by stage show, to determine which is better. I'm your host, Jimmy, and thank you for joining me on this quest to help the greater good of humanity answer this long, elusive question, which is better? Disneyland or Walt Disney World. Joining me as always is Dan. Hi, I'm Dan. That's Jimmy. And Eric. Hi, I'm Eric. Dan, Jimmy. <laughs> and nice to meet you both. <laughs> before we introduce our guests, Walt Disney World had a birthday on Friday, 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. Uh, did you guys do anything to celebrate? Um, I released see, a nice blog. Jimmy contributed yeah. for the very first time. For the very <laughs> first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. tried to make reservations for my fake Thanksgiving at, or no, it was actually for actual Thanksgiving at Disneyland. And the reservations for dining are still mysteriously closed. I um, see y'all at Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> my, my son, my 11 year old son, wore a, a Skyliner shirt and a Kansas City hat. And I did not put it together, but he wore a Kansas City hat because Walt Disney's Life of Graham Studios, Kansas City. That was a deep cut that I didn't even get. Wow. I wore my <laughs> Disney World uh, 1971 opening shirt and legit, we had a cake. Are you prepared for <laughs> when your kids go to college and they become huge uh, Six Flags fans? <laughs> I know it's going to happen, but I think not before my wife becomes a Knott's fan or Universal or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's she's, she's walking out that Disney door at this point, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she's on her way out. Yeah. In fact, just before we started recording, I went to one of those websites to sell, to sell our vacation club trip because I could make like $6,000 on that week if we because we have an existing reservation. Anyway, let's uh, not waste any more of your time. Today, we have a very special Supreme Resort. Uh, the Name of this episode is The Case of the Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez Written Non-Magic Kingdom Now Closed Theme Park Musicals Finding Nemo versus Frozen. <laughs> That's a little joining weird. us yeah. today. The stars of both aforementioned Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez written non-magic non-magic kingdom now closed theme park musicals Finding Nemo versus Frozen is the actress who played Elsa at Disney's California Adventure, Michelle. Hi, Hi. Michelle. Hi. This is so exciting. I'm such Welcome. a big Disney nerd. Oh, good. That's the uh, question number two that I can now cross off. Sorry. Sorry. Um, that's all right. So, <laughs> Michelle, and then uh, you also know her from Pretty Little Liars and her role as Eddie Janko forward slash Eddie Reagan slash Eddie Janko Reagan and her most famous role as Nemo in Disney's Animal Kingdom. It's Vanessa Ray. Hi, Vanessa. 
Hello. Thank you for recognizing that it was my most important role. It, well, to me, it is. You, in our house, ever since I met you all those years ago, um, you're Nemo. I, I said my, my college roommate married Nemo. Uh, so the uh, question, you guys know each other. Yes, yes, we're friends. Our husbands were very like best of friends. And then we met later. Oh, I didn't realize this. So, so your husband, Michelle is still friends with Landon, Vanessa's husband. Yes. Very good friends. And we vacation together and we holiday together. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Great. So, um, I ask all of our guests this, um, and you both have intimated Michelle quite literally just a moments ago that you're biz Disney parks nerds, right? Is that true for you as well, Vanessa? Um, 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 you know, I would actually, you know what, I'll, I'll answer this honestly. I think I'm a very self-conscious lover of Disneyland and world. Okay. Like, for the longest time, I didn't know that there was anything to be ashamed of. And now I'm, you know, 40 years old and childless. And I'm like, I don't know if it's as great a thing to talk to people about all the time. <laughs> well, we um, have a podcast about it. And two of our, our co-hosts well, are in, in their 40s, childless. Yep. And we talk about it every week. Oh, there we go. God. Now I feel like I belong. Somewhere. You're, you safe, you're safe here. It's fine. No, so you also had the. Remember when we went to the Star Wars? That was fun. You had fun. It was the most fun. I, lo- fun no, there. I loved it. I had a great time. Okay. It's just like I said, like I'm self conscious about it. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, you're safe here. So you can. You know what, though? I have a beef to pick, though, because our bone to pick or something. Because I just listened good. to the one about the competition between Tarzan's. Treehouse and Swiss Family Robinson. Mm-hmm. And you guys, it's one of my favorites. What, Tarzan? My, Tarzan? Tarzan will not miss it. Will <sighs> not skip what? it. Wow. You made us do that. I remember oh, that now. I was like, you guys were doing it. And Zach, Michelle's husband, was like, nobody does this. <laughs> actually does no. this. I do it every no. time, a couple times if I can. Have you been yeah. to Disney World? Oh, wait, yeah, you worked there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, hey, uh, Vanessa has to go, I'm afraid. We'll have to interview uh, Michelle on her own. They know each other well, so I'm sure that Vanessa can. Uh, uh, anyway, so real quick, I hated, I hate to do this, Vanessa. I apologize. But we kind of teased that you guys were going to be on the show. And um, so we had some listeners that came up with some questions. So, I, again, I didn't want to do this, but uh, Blue Bloods. Season 12 came out Friday, October 1st. Did the creators choose that date to commemorate Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary? Whoa. I, I don't know that. I don't know that anybody had that much forethought, you know. I or do you think CBS is going to celebrate? Disney's? Yeah, I don't know that CBS <laughs> is going to be that excited about ABC's success. You know what I mean? But. I do. All right. Well, so second question about Blue Bloods. Uh, it's a two-parter. Uh, Tom Selleck, does he ever talk about doing work with Steve Gutenberg and the second part, how often does he talk about the TV masterpiece Tower of Terror starring Kirsten Dunst and Steve Gutenberg? I have never heard him mention anything about that, but he does love Steve Gutenberg. Who does he know? Wow. All right. We talked about three men and a baby a lot. Does he, is he a fan of Steve Gutenberg's cameo? Like I am. I'm, I mean, I'm sure that he is. I'm sure he, all Gutenberg is good for 
good for business, you know? Amen. And by the way, that's all the blue bloods talk we have time for, but, um, the, we did a contest. We did something called the Snackdown Smackdown, where we did like a, a final four sweet 16 sort of competition of different snacks to decide what's the best snack in all the resorts. And the winner of the contest is the one that filled out the bracket that was closest to the, what we decided on the show. And Steve Gutenberg did a cameo to congratulate that, that winner. Oh in other words, we paid God. Steve Gutenberg. How much cameos cost? $250. Reasonably priced. Listeners, if you would like to get a cameo from Steve Gutenberg for anyone, buy one for yourself. Why not? Splurge. Uh, Go to Cameo, type in Steve Gutenberg, and he will gladly uh, say happy birthday. 50 bucks? That's a lot. Well, it's a lot, but at the same time, it's a pretty good deal (laughs) to get the goot, to get the goot, to congratulate your, the gift of the goot. Sometimes his mom is there. True. That's true. The the one we had, he was at the gym and he he just, he just, I wrote a script out and I submitted it and four minutes, four minutes later, I got a full on cameo from the goot. He just read it on his phone. At the he gym. is not a procrastinator. <laughs> what a workhorse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cash that check. <laughs> what, baby. what a workhorse. Right. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. Um, I want to talk about these shows. We have a little bit of history, which we'll get into. And um, but again, I have a bunch of questions for you. So, um, Eric, do you want to get into history and sounds before we go into the questions? Uh, sure. I mean, well. We should at least introduce the sounds that that's this is, it's yeah, an appropriate time so, of the show. Yeah. So before we get on all our questions and just let this thing uh, evolve organically, uh, listener, you're familiar with the show. Uh, Dan is going to be our judge. I'm going to argue with Vanessa on Finding Nemo, the musical, and Dan, um, Eric will be arguing with Michelle on Frozen the musical. We're going to decide which one is something. We're not sure yet because they're both close. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but. If Dan finds that Finding Nemo the musical, which came first, it gets a point, you're going to hear this sound. Barely. That is <laughs> Nemo singing, That's My Dad. Oh, really? Cute. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll work on that maybe in post. But yeah, Listeners so, will be able to hear it. Is we it too can, quiet? It's, yeah, a, it's a little quiet on, oh, on this oh, end. Sounds yeah. pretty loud on my end. I'll, I'll, I'll crank it. Crank it. And post is fine, too. All right. It'd be fun for effect. And uh, if the Frozen musical gets a point, you will hear this sound. Big summer blowout. Which is, of course, Oaken. Um, all right. So real quick, the history of the stage musical, Finding Nemo the Musical. Uh, the stage musical Tarzan Rocks occupied the theater in the wild at Disney's Animal Kingdom in Orlando, Florida from 1999 to 2006. When the musical closed in January 2006, it was rumored that a musical adaptation of Finding Nemo the musical would replace it. This was confirmed in April of 2006 when Disney announced that the musical adaptation of Finding Nemo with new songs written by Tony Award winning Avenue Q composer Robert Lopez and his wife Kristen Anderson Lopez also wrote Book of Mormon. Have you heard of it? Uh, they would combine Buppet, Muppet, excuse me, puppets, dancers, acrobats, and animated backdrops and open in late 2006. Years later, Anderson Lopez explained that she had written a compact 15-minute acapella version of the story of Oedipus. Someone at Disney read it and recognized her talent for condensing material and offered her the opportunity to make a pitch for the Finding Nemo project. Tony Award-winning director Peter Brosius, am I pronouncing that right? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Confirmation from Vanessa. 
Um, and signed on to direct the show with Michael Curry, who designed puppets for Disney's successful stage version of The Lion King, serving as leading puppet and production designer. Anderson Lopez said the couple agreed to write the adaptation of one of their favorite movies of all time. After considering the idea of people coming in like four or five or six and saying, I want to do that. So when uh, so we wanted to take it as seriously as we this is her saying we wanted to take it as seriously as we could as we would a Broadway show to condense the feature length film into 30 minutes uh, length is TBD because I saw 37 40. Yeah, we I think our original version was 58 minutes and then we got down to 40, Mm. 46, I think, but it might even be have been cut more than that. Yeah, so to condense it to 30 minutes, she and Lopez focused on a single theme from the movie, the idea that the world is dangerous and beautiful. The 40-minute show, which was performed six times daily, opened on January 2nd, 2007, and you were there, correct, Vanessa? Yes, from the first day of rehearsal. Yeah, and I, we, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, several musical numbers took direct inspiration from lines in the film, including In the Big Blue World, Fish Are Friends, Not Food, just keep swimming, go with the flow. In January 2007, a New York studio recording of the show was released on iTunes, which I have on my shelf right there, with Lopez and Anderson Lopez providing the voices for Marlon and Dory, respectively. Avenue Q star Stephanie DeBruzzo also appeared on the recording as Sheldon and Deb. Finding Nemo was the first non-musical animated film to to which Disney added songs to produce a stage musical, as well as the first Pixar film to be turned into a stage musical. In 2009, Finding Nemo the Musical was honored with a Thea Award for Best Live Show from Themed Entertainment Association. That is the history of Finding Nemo the Musical. (laughs) Hey, five idea. So you were there from the beginning, Vanessa. You were you started as the understudy. Is that right? Oh, we didn't start as the understudy. I, I was the person cast in that musical. Damn. <laughs> I had no idea. I, why do I remember understudy for some reason? No, we, awesome. we didn't do. We didn't have understudy. We we were double cast though. Our show okay. Which gets me to many of my questions. But before we get into each show, Eric, do you want to share a little bit about? Um, the Frozen musical. Certainly. Um, before I get to the Frozen musical, for for a much more recent, um, much more recent experience, there there's a surprising amount of history before uh, Frozen got into the Hyperion Theater at DCA. Um, opening day gig uh, was called Steps in Time. Uh, this is a musical that uh, that Disney put together for the opening of DCA. And it did so poorly in previews that Disney paid to retool the show just before opening day. Even then, when it came out, uh, it was a song and dance show that had four singers that played multiple roles. And basically just it was, you know, a thinly veiled excuse to move from song to song Um, after. Is is this the show where a child and an adult awkwardly sing a love song to each other? Um, that's the next version. Oh, where okay. <laughs> shortly after when no one really enjoyed the four singers, the four adult singers, they cut the show down to, um, a new version where a hip fairy godmother. <laughs> Played by um, Fergie. <laughs> For real, I think. Wasn't really? she? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Fergie was in that. Oh, oh, I did not. I did not yeah. know that. Be somebody or be somebody's fool. 
<laughs> Mr. T's Be Somebody or Be Somebody's Fool, Fergie is also in, by the yes. way. Oh, so wow. is Martika. She has a, quite an incredible career. We're learning a lot That's where today. It peaked, I think. <laughs> My goodness. But yeah, it was a hip fairy godmother and uh, two kids. Um, that show lasted until October 14th, 2001. So not long. <laughs> Uh, the next show, they, Disney quickly pivoted and they outsourced the next show to come to that theater, which was the 2001 Tony Award winning The Power of Blast. Um, Wait, Eric, was that show the superstar limo of stage musicals? Pretty much. Good, okay, good, great. Good, I like clarify. that. Good analogy. Yeah. And since we're interrupting, Eric, uh, Jimmy, for our, our dealer's choice for scraping the vault, I think mm-hmm. you landed on it. Be somebody or be somebody's fool. We have another podcast called Scraping the Vault, which is a uh, it's sort of an improv podcast about all the straight video Disney sequels, starting with um, King of Thieves. Was it King of Thieves? No, Return of Jafar. Right. And so I do like 14 pages of detailed analysis of what happens in these movies. And And I poop on them. Yeah. And Dan and Audrey, who's uh, some of you don't know, uh, they're improvers. So they improv while I break down the movie. It's a very fun show. That's so, uh, like all like have, the, the the like frozen Christmas movies. Yeah, like we're that. oh yeah, <laughs> straight to video. Yeah, that kind of thing. But the straight to video stuff, like we just did, um, Stitch the movie, which is a sequel to Lilo and Stitch. Oh, wow. And then there's Leroy and Stitch, and then there's Leroy, Lilo and Stitch two, and there's a whole like universe, like Pooh, very merry Pooh year, whatever. Anyway, go ahead, Eric. They're bad. <laughs> Listen to scraping the vault. <laughs> <laughs> I I do. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so the power of blast, it won a Tony award, not at DCA. The, the award was given for the main show on Broadway. Uh, so the power of blast was basically this shorter version of the, the Broadway show blast. Um, it was, it's a drum corps show with about, with anywhere up to 40 musicians playing on stage with choreography. Uh, they cut it down to five songs and, um, they basically looked at the show. It was playing. They did a, a short version of this show at Epcot uh, in 2001 and realized this is what we need. We need to put something into this theater. We need to put something that people will actually go to. So it this was a pretty good stopgap measure. So they can steps in time and brought in the power of blast that ran from November 22nd, 2001 through September 2nd, 2002. So it had a good a good run while they worked up Aladdin a musical spectacular. Uh, Aladdin ran from January 16th, 2003 through January 10th, 2016. Uh, so very long run for a movie that came out in 1992, but it's, it's a classic. It's something that everybody enjoys. It enjoys watching and it really, it earned a lot of respect over those years. Um, Alan Menken came back and wrote another song to be free to add into the musical. Um, they, uh, you know, it really, I guess it, the show was really well, res- well regarded. Um, it ran for 14,000 performances, basically around, around 14,000. So quite a few. Um, but, uh, when they announced the closure in, in September of 2015, fans, um, kind of lost it. Uh, if you look at the Disney parks blog post, uh, you know, Disney Parks blog, they regulate what goes on in their in their comments section. Uh, at least they they kind of try to. There were flat out flame wars going on in 
Disney Parks blog comments. It's it's really worth taking a look at that and digging through because it's surprising to see something happening on an official Disney discussions where everyone was so upset that Aladdin was going away and we're coming back with uh, with Frozen. Um, but Frozen ended up being fairly well regarded as well once it did open up in May of 2016. Um, it's a obviously an hour long version. So shorter version of the movie uh, directed by Liesl Tommy and um, written by Tony nominated um, Chad. I don't know how to say his last name, but I don't know. Um, The set really is Michelle. Do you know? Nope. Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) No, no idea. All right. Uh, but, but yeah, it, we had it. Unlike Nima, we had a musical before in the movie, so we have the same. We have a lot of the the same hit songs coming back. But the adaptation to um, to the stage was really the big the big draw. The sets were the, the sets were incredible. Um, giant LED video wall behind curtains that would come in for for projections, um, video elements, mobile set pieces and really elaborate puppets uh, created by Michael Curry uh, for the show. Um, and Same guy. Yeah, Same. there we go. Um, and f- at five performances per day, they had to have uh, about, a th- about 100 cast members to, to pull this off. It's, it's a very elaborate show. And um, and we have people who are in these shows here to talk about it. So yeah, that's there uh, we go. enough from us losers. Your attention, please. <laughs> Eric, did Frozen win any theas? Ooh, good question. Um, I don't believe are so. Are you aware? I am not aware of any awards know. given to the Frozen okay. show. Okay, so I'm going to give a point to Nemo. And... So already got a point. And then another one to Aladdin for being so loved. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's the thing. I'm going to give for I'm really give setting me up for failure. No, 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 not at all. I'm going to give so point really to Frozen. You know what? Two points to Frozen. Ooh. When Frozen first opened and there was like uh, they would stop the show for technical issues, they would chant bring back the genie. Yeah, oh, no, you. Oh, I I know oh, how no. awful Disneyland uh, pass so, like, holders are. You guys are. are so fun. <laughs> no, I know, I know how terrible we are, and that was a heavy lift. So, two points for Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah. then let's talk about um, we. Th- that's what the shows are and the history and all that stuff. So let's talk about the casting process, um, Vanessa. Because Nemo started first, you're always going to get the first question, and then. Michelle will answer her version. So tell us about the casting process. Um, my audition story for that is kind of fun because it was, I was living in LA and I just got my equity card doing a show in Akron, Ohio. And I was like, felt really proud of myself. That just meant that I didn't have to like come to an open equity chorus call at like 6am wait in line, put my name on a waiting list and hope to get seen. So I was feeling very, very confident. And I was like, I don't have to get there at 6 a.m. I can show up at noon if I want. The auditions are because you're equity. Nine to three because I'm equity and I can show up whenever I want. So sure enough, I showed up at like noon and nobody was at Madeline Clark Studios. And I 
was like, oh no, I missed the auditions for Finding Nemo the Musical to work at Disney World. Like what a dream. And um, the, the casting director was like, yeah, sorry. Just, you know, we, we kind of had everybody, we kind of saw everybody this morning. We don't, are we like sent our accompanying us home. Wow. And I was like, um, um, my boyfriend can play the piano and he's in the car. Can I go get him? Oh my God. <laughs> and they were like, sure. So I went and I got my boyfriend, Derek, and he came in and he played the audition for me. And then they like, they like liked him too. And so they were like, we're going to give you guys a call in the next couple of hours. We're going to send this tape over to casting and, and, uh, and everybody in New York, the team in New York. So we're going to whatever. So then like the next morning we got a call and they're like, we would like you guys to come to like the big callbacks in New York. So they flew us to New York. It was there that I met like two of the other girls that were going on to be like my very best friends in life. Boyfriend didn't get it. Sorry, boo. And, um, and so then I got cast to do the show. And then shortly thereafter, Allison Case got cast to play the other Nemo. And um, we, I think, I think I moved to Orlando like two months later, I think. And that um, would have been in late 2006. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Like, I feel like it was like still, I mean, I was going to say it's still hot out. That's just because it's hot. Yeah, that's Florida. Um, um, did you ever see the theater in the wild when it was not enclosed? No. Um, but they, like they did, they kind of cut a couple corners, that's sort of a big surprise, but they, um, they didn't like change any of the seats. So I was always so jealous of the frozen theater because it was like beautiful yeah, seats. It's the beautiful totally. indoor theater that was like so epic. Ours was like an outdoor theater that they yeah, put Yeah, with aluminum benches. You're absolutely right. I didn't so think about uncomfortable. that. So that's why yeah. the show kept getting cut shorter and shorter and shorter because nobody could sit like that mm. long and not come upstairs. So, Michelle, same question. Did you ever see the Theater in the Wild theater before it was enclosed? <laughs> Joke. No, um, I did not. No. So, uh, the casting process for you. So, I, um, they weren't really, I don't know if they were having auditions in New York or not, but I wasn't in New York. I was in LA. I had just finished, uh, I did Wicked for a long time. And my husband. What were you in Wicked? I was Nessa Rose. And then nice. I understudied Glinda for a long time. Um, and so I, are you we, equity as well? I am equity, but now everyone can be equity. Did you see that news? Can I just sign I up? Want to be yep. equity. There's some there's join. Some it's, join. It's, just join. Um, Listener, if you want to be equity, sign up. But, now. but Disney, Disneyland is not equity. Disneyland is Agva. Agva. Right. You see, so I was Agva before because I worked at Disney doing Drawn to the Magic, the best show ever. If you're going to have a show about old shows, it's Drawn to the Magic. Um, And then, you know, Playhouse Disney and stuff like that. But I was doing the workshop for the cruise ship, the frozen workshop for the cruise ship with like Michael Curry. And it was just a Mm -hmm. bunch of like Broadway people in a room trying to figure out how they're going to put this show up in a in a cruise ship theater um and then they were having auditions and i already knew that frozen was a thing and i yeah and i went and auditioned and liesel said absolutely not and then i auditioned a year later with a different director and he said you're in (laughs) that's how that went (laughs) so and and when was that that was i got cast january 2017 17, 18, 19, 20. Is that and right? When did the show open? 17. A year, uh, six months before that. I I was okay. the first cast to join the production. 
So I know all the stories about how the opening went mm-hmm. from hearing them nonstop, but um, I wasn't a part of that. I was part of the remount when they shut the show down and cut, they cut a bunch of time off of it and they made it a little bit safer for the performers. So I was part of that remount. So then you were with the show up until the end, right? Yeah. I did the last show. Yeah. You did the very last show. Mm. Wow. I, I did. I have a lot of less dull questions coming, but um, Vanessa, you, when did you leave? Um, I think I left, Kind of like uh, February or maybe March, maybe March of 2007. Does that sound right? So you just were there for a few months. I think I was there. No, I was there for like, I think a total of like eight or nine months with, with rehearsals included. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so now then you perform the show. This is questions for both of you. Vanessa, you go first on account of Nemo coming first. Um, are there two casts there all the time or is it like your Nemo today? the end or is there a sub Nemo just waiting in the wings? I'm trying to remember how it all kind of worked, but it was, you know, usually it was like there were certain days that I would do all five shows. So then Allie would have that whole day off. And then the other days I would do two shows and she'd do three or I'd do three and she'd do, you know, Um, but then that's sort of how it was supposed to go. The problem with our show was that um, everybody was broken immediately only, they only cast two nemos to start only two nemos two yeah two dories all of it there was wow. we had two we had two swings oh, that we, we were broken up between the our casts were the orange and the blue cast oh interesting and then we had two swings who were two of my best girlfriends who are uh their cast we just call them the brown cast and That's- those, <laughs> those were like every female role oh, right so they could be nemo and and Dory and Dory, they could be the mom character right. or Peach or any of those characters. Yeah. How many shows okay. a day was that? We started. I, we I say five. I think they do five or six. Now. Okay. I think we started with four, and then we would go. We would like you know showdown Sundays. Like it, it rained, the show was down. So we usually did like one show on Sunday, even though hmm. we were supposed to do four. We would. Only you know, it's enclosed, right? Oh, they, well that's what i'm saying they didn't like they just put a thing over the top so like it would when it would oh. rain it was still the theater inside was still like flooding it was not you, it's definitely air conditioned but it's just a it's <laughs> not an actual building wasn't no it's not great they wow. didn't think about it hmm. was it like loud when it would rain in that case <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I don't remember. You know, we had these, like, unitards that went mm. over our ears. So I don't really remember much of anything other than, like, hearing the show in my ear, in ears. Mm, cool. How <laughs> so, many of each costume existed? Or was it, like, how how gross were the costumes at the end of the oh, day? We, we had a nude, so we, okay, we had, like, what we called the nudatard. So we had, would, would have, like, a full nude unitard. unitard and then we would have our costume, which is also for most people, a unitard of some sort, a blue unitard. So we had a nudetard, a blue unitard. And then we would have like our costume pieces over the top. So Nemo wears shorts and a t-shirt and like, you know, Marlon wears something similar and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But so, he has glasses. That's not the actor. That's a character choice, right? So Michael Morgan, who played, who was like the first guy cast, he had glasses. And so they were like, oh, He's going to have glasses. And so that's what he, I thought. They, 
they based it all just because of him. Yeah, um, he was good. I saw him a ton. Oh, he's so good. They're all, he's I mean, well, both him and Colin were incredible. They were just very special dads. So, but, um, yeah. So tons of co- so we have costume, 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 costume. And then we would get to change our new detard every, every show. Every performance. Every performance, yes. Oh, that's nice. So it felt like a fresh, and you didn't have a ton of time between shows. No, and we were just made of sweat. Right. Um, so Michelle, same deal. There were two Elsas hanging around. Oh no, we had tons of Elsas. Um, oh, there- that's a point for Nemo right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, let me tell you, we had tons of them on, but however, there was a stretch of time when I did it for thirty-two days in a row by myself. Oh, <laughs> how? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Vanessa, no, there were like other that? girls. That's not true. I wasn't yeah. by myself. I there were other girls who could come in for like a half a day, but um LA is different because like uh you know, people would go and do shows at the Hollywood Bowl or oh, go do right. a show at the Amundsen. And so our actors were a little they weren't like on contract to stay like a cruise ship or Disney World where you're on your equity contract. Disneyland works a little bit differently with the Agba contract where I was full time, which is four days. So there was two Elsas who were f- full time. So we worked four days. And then um, there was like a two day Elsa and a one day Elsa. And, but every day there were two Elsas uh, on the grid. And then there was one Elsa usually in the ensemble that day. So Part of the brown cast. No. <laughs> No, like in the ensemble working her butt off. And then all of a sudden it'd be like, oh, my voice is tired. And she'd be like, all right. So, but that would mean. mean, Two Annas in the building, at least three Annas in the building, at least three Hanses, three Olafs. But sometimes it didn't work out that way. And some very rarely would we have to do all three. Um, But like there would be days they call me and I'd be like, oh, I can only come in for the noon show. But because of our contract, we got paid for the whole thing. So it's just a dream dream job. I can't talk enough about how much. I loved the job. Yeah. Vanessa, so, can you beat 32, day, 32 days in a row? Um, I don't know. I probably can't just because I'm telling you guys I was broken all the time. Like I literally had a girlfriend text me today. She's like, just tell them that Nemo took Nemo. The musical took my knees. Like nobody, oh. like I don't have ankles anymore. I don't have wrists anymore. Many people don't have, you know, Wow. Someone had a one of my girlfriend's cysts, ovarian cysts burst. She was wearing costume that pushed too hard on her. I mean, like we were broken, so I couldn't. We couldn't have done thirty two in a row. We would have died. All right, we're, we're gonna. No, get I there. definitely had the option to be Give like, I'm um, tired. Give Michelle the points. Give Michelle. The oh no, <laughs> no, no, no. Because so I I'm always gonna... had the option to be like, it's Thanksgiving. I'm not gonna come in today. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna give Frozen one point for thirty two days in a row. And Nemo, one point for each knee. So two. <laughs> Just two knees? How many knees were destroyed? We're going to get into that. <laughs> Nemo's on stage like the whole show. Elsa's on stage for 16 minutes. And I sing one and a half songs. Like it's so, the, It is the best gig <laughs> in the world. Like, it's Nessa Rose like, and Wicked. When's the girl going to come and sing the song we like? And then she comes and they sing, she sings it and everyone goes, yeah. But so poor is Anna it, is running around. Right. <laughs> and everyone, she does, it's not as it's not as challenging of a vocal performance though. Uh, Anna is not. Anna I mean, is, you'd be surprised because yeah. Anna's like singing up in the in the first time in forever while running no, upstairs. But yeah. you just think that because you just your brain thinks that way. 
of like, is oh, it, she's like the cute and she's fine, but she is on stage the whole show, running around, having to fly for some reason. They make her fly, and it's just and Elsa's backstage, like waiting for her dresser to zip up her dress. <laughs> um, and we're gonna get to that part too. But the so am I remembering correctly? Um, Nessa Rose is Elphaba's sister. In the wheelchair, who was also on stage for 18 minutes. Elphaba <laughs> was originally played by Adina Menzel, who played Elsa in Frozen. You've made the full circle. Look at that. <laughs> yep. It's amazing. So you basically were Elphaba, is what I'm hearing. Wait, Michelle, I've never really put this together. I have done almost no shows where I have ever left the stage. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you have, you're like, I'm only going to do the gigs where I get to come on and get a big number, and then they get to go home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are such a better star. You are such. You are so good. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I know. Okay, that's so, why I'm here, and you're in. You're in uh, <laughs> CBS. That's right. Because <laughs> um, I don't work. I refuse. But also, you wake up and look at the ocean every day. I mean, we really right. could go down the list. Yeah, I refuse to work, but I must have the eleven o'clock number so people want to take pictures with me. That's all. That's all. Genius. Yeah. Um. So okay. <laughs> Now I was in theater. Dan was in theater. Eric maybe not as much, but he performed right. And and I was we in always theater. were in. Yeah, okay, we we're all in theater. This is an arts podcast, yes. by the way. Yes, it's theater. an arts podcast. We're predominantly an arts podcast, but um. So the point is that uh, we performed for audiences who wanted to be there, and were largely maybe you'd get a sneeze or a cough or two, but the the how do you handle? the noise, like you try to watch an online YouTube video of these shows, all you can hear is children screaming. Like, how do you deal with that? And what is, what is performing under those circumstances? Like Vanessa? Um, I don't know. You guys, we we thought we were such hot, you know what, that we Mm -hmm. just thought everybody was very entertained by us the whole time. So I don't know. We, we thought we were really, we were doing, you know, Hamlet up there. (laughs) And the Lord's work. We, we did the Fish work on that stage, and we were bringing we were bringing theater. We were bringing live theater Broadway. to yeah. these kids and these adults, and we didn't understand that they just were hot and they just wanted to be in the commissioning. So <laughs> it, there was a real disconnect for us. <laughs> and 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 also you had the the multiple tards on and you had your headset so all you could really hear is what you're doing you didn't hear the audience i assume no we and we would just see the kids faces when we mm-hmm. would like you know when the the sharks would go into their face yeah. and we would go ah! and then we were like we're doing the lord's work but like <laughs> literally thinking that we have anything to do with this huge machine By i the think way, that you would probably have to have that feeling to to get through the like because if you really looked yourself in the eyes and said you're in a balloonatard and you're right. a six-year-old little boy, yeah, I think that's the only way we were able to get through it. Yeah. For the record, I went to that show. I've probably seen it twenty times, and I go on purpose because it is such a good show. It's such a spectacle, and the music is so incredible. And it's a father-son tale, and you know my little boys have grown up with that musical and I cry every time doesn't matter yeah, really what the circumstances I mean, it, it's, I'm, it's a I'm powerful show a that, but it really is a beautiful beautiful show and it it's is. really it, and our and our story was definitely more father son just because we had we had less dory mm-hmm. and more Nemo dad so right so same question for you Michelle how do you deal with the kids uh, it was definitely hard the first week because you're really not used to hearing that but then 
it's so cute. Like when Anna freezes and you just hear like, Oh no, like out in the crowd, like the, the crowd usually would make us laugh or on the other hand of that, you would come out. Cause you know, the audience doesn't know, like the super fans don't know who's going to be Anna or Elsa. And there were multiple times when the door turned around and it was me and I would hear, Ugh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh God. That's yeah. Yeah. That would happen. Wouldn't it? At Disneyland. Or it would. There are because the very annual pass holders were had already yeah. seen me that day, or they really wanted to see the girl that they knew was going to come out and sign autographs and take pictures, which is not something that I always did. Um, but there, you know, so yeah, you that was awful. Get, like a meet and greet afterwards, we like in costume signing. No, no, no. We would leave, and I didn't mind it. We would leave to go get lunch, and people would be standing there, and usually it was awesome as people we knew, fans. But yeah, sometimes it would get. Like, I remember getting a message from someone after I left I, or I didn't come out because I brought my lunch or I just didn't want to go get a corn dog that day. And I got an Instagram message that was like, how dare you not come and say hi to my daughter? We waited for you. And I was like, I don't know who you are. And maybe if you yeah. texted me or Instagram me before, but even then, I don't think I would. I don't know. It was yeah. just, wow. it was and really it's, tricky. And it's you know fair how had children. it's fair to say that vanessa you were doing your show before we were so connected oh 100 percent. i was gonna say i don't even think i didn't have facebook then Mm -hmm. i hadn't done i didn't didn't have that yet and i yeah i i don't i had a pink flip phone Mm -hmm. that made phone calls yeah and we all played all of us got in the cast because we also felt like we were millionaires also because we were on an equity contract and living in florida in florida yeah three hundred dollars a month event and we were like we are millionaires <laughs> and so we bought we all bought nintendo ds's like we were just buying gadgets but we were not nobody was um no one was following up no one knew who our names or knew anything about us but we thought we were them. yeah <laughs> uh all right so so let's specifically to you vanessa talked about the puppetry what was that like and how does that work um how does that work well um so the michael curry puppets are unbelievably impressive the nemo's nemo's mouth um was controlled basically by like like um bike handles like bike brakes you know Mm -hmm. that's like what would there was a top piece and a bottom piece that would make his eyes move and his mouth move and at the time um the face piece of Nemo's face was about 10 pounds. And then there is a, um, it's so funny. I'm trying to remember all this stuff. And there's a fan that goes inside of Nemo that makes the fabric part of his tail move. And so that's kind of how, that's how Nemo, uh, Dory and uh, Marlin. Marlin. But, but they have since made all of those things I think they're like four or five pounds now, maybe at, at most. So they were really heavy back then. The, the, the reason all of our wrists are broken is because he was so head heavy mm. that we would have to work really hard with just our, using only just our wrists. Oh yeah. Keep his head up. So he didn't, so they wouldn't fall. Um, but we had, you know, I think we were rehearsed the show for like three months, three, four months, maybe. Um, and both Allie, Allison Case and I were really obsessed with getting very good puppetry. 
like really going hard on the puppetry. Um, as I guess everybody else was too, because we all were learning this new skill and it was mm-hmm. like pretty cool to get to learn something new. Um, but we worked, you know, we would work 10 hour days and like just working with the puppets and like they would come and they'd say, you need to put them down. And we, we just, none of us ever wanted to put them down because we just wanted to get good at it. And then I always wondered the stage direction of, of where, because, you know, the eyes kind of automatically go to the puppet and the costumes were designed specifically to blend, right? But I also noticed like your head or Nemo's head or Marlon's head, the position of that head feels planned of when you're out to the audience, when the puppet's out. So how, do, how does that work? Um, well, I mean, so like I said, it took like three or four months where we really workshopped it. We did everything all different kinds of ways. We try, I mean, our show, the rehearsal process was, there were, there were times where we um, basically put down the puppets and just had full dance numbers. Those were cut, uh, okay. obviously. Yeah, um, right. At one point, which was all of our favorite moment in the show. And then it got cut very quickly. But at the very end, Nemo and Marlon are looking at each other. He says, bye, dad. Bye, son. That moment. Mm-hmm. At the very end, it's like heartbreaking. I cry thinking yeah, about that's it. where I cry. So at that moment, we put our puppets down. And it was just right. people saying to each other, bye, dad. Bye, son. And then they put the puppets back up and then we swam off. But yes. um, it was pretty cool. But, you know, obviously you can't. You gotta have you can't do that i don't know why it was yeah. very much like no 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 not for my daughter it was like no we are seeing that puppet the whole time um right. but it was just like a choreography basically we had to figure out where our heads would go when when it would make sense when it would add to the story to have mm. more of an of an actor's uh, um face present you know yeah that's cool and then uh specific to frozen michelle the big moment in the show the the pinnacle of let it go and the quick costume change oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) we need to know so i've watched a couple of videos on youtube and one in particular where the costume did not change yeah (laughs) and there's there this is how what i think and then i'll let the the guys say words there's something in the chestal region that you pull and it basically reverses itself and so the costume on the inside is blue. The outside is whatever it is. And then you reverse it. Is that right? Reverse it. I don't know. What? I don't right, understand tell us what how you're it works. saying. <laughs> um, so it's laced up. So when you run off stage, uh, you go and they put, you jump into the skirt that's connect. So um, the coronation skirt, the coronation is the dark blue mm-hmm. that she wears at the beginning of the number. And you run backstage and they have it all set up going from teen into those two blue dresses and they have the ice palace dress over the um, over the coronation dress. And the coronation dress is connect. The bodice is connected to the skirt. I hope I'm describing this right. The mm-hmm. bodice is connected to the skirt and it's underneath the ice dress. But the ice dress that she wears and let it go is a different ice dress than she wears for the rest of the show. It's lighter uh-huh. and there's not as many beads on it. There's no glass okay. on it. Hmm. So it's a thinner one that gets shoved up. And you got to choose kind of where it got shoved up. So the whole entire dress and cape are shoved just in the torso and the chest or the back. Some girls wore it as a backpack. Some girls Mm. wore it just in the chest. Some girls wore it underneath. And if it was stuffed wrong, you could 
not X. I mean, you could X out. You'd be like, I can't. And some girls had like displaced ribs. It was really not oh, a learning experience for everyone. Mm. Um, Cause it didn't, I, in my personal opinion, I thought it looked terrible. I thought mm. like when those girls come out as linebackers, mm-hmm. it was just, but you, you had to do it that way. Cause if you didn't put, if you put it in your ribs and got your shoulders down, then you couldn't breathe. It was just, ugh, I, I, I hate to say this, but I thought, I don't know how that passed. I don't know how she walked on stage like that and during rehearsals and they went, that's it. <laughs> but <laughs> that's the look. That's what we want. Um, but so you know did, what? How did it, how did it get revealed? Oh, sorry. It so, under? okay. So now it, everything is shoved underneath and there is a breakaway. The front part of the bodice on the blue dress on the coronation dress is there's six wires mm-hmm. that go down and then around the shoulder to the wrist. And there's a cut um, kind of like on the collarbone, there's two cuts. And then when you pull this beehive, it has all this fishing wire connected to it. And it's um, so when you pull the beehive, it all comes undone. It's like these little, like a zipper almost, or like mm. a, a hooks that gets thread, And it takes a half an hour to thread this thing. Oh, geez. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so, no, so I, I, I think we can each performance mm-hmm. right when right when you come off stage someone grabs it and goes and that's the rest of their job for the rest of the show is to lace up the dress again just in case yeah because wow. I, I had four of them but at any yeah it was it was it was quite and remarkable how often yeah no kidding it's impressive yeah. it's definitely an impressive sight and how often did it not work um when it didn't work it um you kind of knew it what you knew like it felt off or cause it was kind of like a, a finger trap where the harder you pulled and if it got stuck, the harder you pulled, the worse it was. Hmm. So if you felt like I would always do a check and if you mm-hmm. felt it kind of slide out during um time to see what I can do to test the limits and right through, she turns mm-hmm. around yeah, and that's when I would kind of right? check. Yeah. And so if I felt it kind of, then he knew you had to go really slowly with it, mm. but your instinct is to pull it as hard and as fast. Yeah, you have a split second. Yeah. But that's panic. not that's and it, panic. Right? Oh, absolutely. And so you just have to be like, just slow. If I would say probably of, I mean, I would say five times it didn't work, but I would never struggle with it because mm. I saw the videos of people struggling and just how awful they must've felt. And yeah, just, yeah, that panic of like, I got to do this. So what I, what I would do is if I, if it did get stuck um, right before I let it go, I would wait a second and then I, the lights would come on and then I let it go. Let go, let go, let go uh, here I stand light of day. And then I would pull it again and try again. At uh, a different hmm. moment. Okay. Oh, cool. so, a, yeah, there are versions of like, and we would rehearse when, if for some reason it didn't go during the blackout, what you would do. And so we, there was a second time and then another third time. And then there's one time when I pulled it at the very end, Cole never bought me anyway. Yeah, that's so it just depended too. on. I mean, the impact is the impact is the impact, right? Oh, as long as you get so the right cool. timing. Yeah. It's yeah. very cool. Uh, okay. That so, was one of my favorite things to do. Absolutely. So cool. when we first talked about this, I was with Vanessa's husband at a seafood restaurant by the Atlanta airport. And the idea of this came Ooh, up. Yeah. Tell me more. Called <laughs> Spawn Divots, by the way. It's it's shellfish. The place looks like a hellhole, but it it's open until like three in the morning. It's in a lot of a lot of celebrity folks go there because it's right by the airport. Name drop. Uh, which is why Landon went. 
Um, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's shellfish and it's incredible. And anyway, so we had dinner. Point is, that's where this idea came up. And you guys immediately started uh, sort of back and forthing about wh- which show is the most painful. So we've intimated <laughs> about it. So this is the this is the portion of the show where Dan's going to start awarding points. Right. <laughs> what I'd like so. you to do. It's think about stories. It doesn't have to be about you. It just give us stories, kind of go back and forth about how these shows, which are innocuous to an audience and, you know, warm, family-friendly fun. Tell us about stories where people lost their knees, et cetera. <laughs> oh. So, Vanessa, you go first. And Eric and Jimmy, I, I want to get you two battling at some point. So just. <laughs> okay. Well- I feel like I have to talk about because in honor, my my dear friend Amanda Lehman just had a baby and it's her second baby and it's her second time struggling uh, with birth because of the costume that she wore in Finding Nemo Musical. Which because one was it? The opening, the opening number, or it's not really a number, it's the first time we reveal um, Marlon and Nemo. There are two wonderful, gifted, talented dancers that are forced to wear a a coral reef they are the coral reef so yes, that it's a it's like a big kind of um like they strap it on to your hips basically and then lace it up through your stomach and you get in it and you once you're in it you're in it so you have to wear it for like you know i think they think they have to wear it like 10 minutes to places so they're they're in it for about 20 30 minutes of, of show and um, they would, <laughs> there was an occasion where one, my friend Lisa passed out. Another oh. time my friend Lehman had to go to the hospital. Um, it was not great. Uh, so that was, that was one of the, that's one of the ones that's, that caused lasting pain and um, drama. Because the thing was so heavy and awkward and pushed against her stomach. She yeah, got and we're talking this. about girls that are, you know, we're like 24 at the time. So right. they're dancers. They're like 100 pounds soaking wet, if that. Like no hips, just nothing to hold it on. So then they end up, they're like, put. it's almost kind of like, like I think about people, people that move big, heavy objects, move pianos for a living, right? Mm-hmm. So they wear those braces and then they push with their stomachs out to keep to, to lift the thing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what they were doing for this whole number where we're like running around and Hey dad, I want to go to school. And they're like, Oh, I can't move. Uh, and they're doing that six times a day. Yeah. They did six times a day. Wow. Hey dad. Hey dad. And ten, you know, in eight, eight hours of rehearsals when we were mm-hmm. first figuring it out too. And, and that's also a lot of, a lot of Nemo was balance. It was all about finding the balance. So for the first like month of rehearsal, we had, um, we had a uh, tai, tai Chi woman come in who we would do two hours of Tai Chi every morning because the mm. choreographer thought that would help us with balance and moving slowly through water. That was all cut, obviously, because we didn't have time for that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> nobody got time for that. Nobody all right, got. Michelle, what do you so got? Michelle got. I, you know, because, you know, sometimes there's like human error. If, you know, something gets called wrong and people get hurt and that happened a few times, which was really disheartening. But I think for the most part, our Sven's had it rough because they had to carry around that Sven. Um, but I think the, and then the Olaf's had, they had a lot of pressure on their backs and their wrists because that was the prototype. That was a Michael Curry prototype for the Broadway production. Mm. So our boys really went through the, 
the ringer of how to figure it out before it was presented to, to Broadway. Yeah, they were the guinea pigs for everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, but I think that it was for sure what killed the most people. Well, wolves, which you don't even really see. Do you guys know that there's wolves? You know the wolves? That <laughs> you're running you know, alongside. That you barely see. Those poor guys had to, the way the costume was designed, the head came up. Oh, beautiful. Those costumes were awesome. Gold, those puppets. But again, body, killing the bodies. But I think the worst was for sure the trolls. Because they mm. started the original uh, production, they were on their knees. Oh. And oh. so they had to wear these huge costumes and they, they started as trolls. So they had these things over their heads and then they flipped them up, but they're still on their knees and having to walk across the massive stage, the biggest stage I've ever been on and having to like crawl across the stage on their knees. So they shut the show down for two weeks to get them on stools, which didn't mm-hmm. help really either. I don't know if that helped because then you're, it was just, there's a lot of people not a lot. There are a few people who have lasting um, injuries because of the show, but that's the same with, and you can say that about any time you do a show for more than six months, like you're going to, Oh, that's my dog. He hates me talking bad about puppets. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But you see, you know, you see it in wicked, like the girl who holds the umbrella in wicked always had shoulder issues just because any kind of repetitive things that, you know, I know that a lot of the Elsa's had um, rib problems that they'd have to call it all the time. I didn't because my I was not vain enough to get it that tight. Not that they were vain. Not that they were vain at all. Those girls are amazing. I'm just saying I was like, I don't care if I look fat. I don't care. Um, but yeah, it was. But luckily for us, we always had trainers. So if you had, on yeah. your show off, yeah. yeah, on your show off, you'd be like, oh, that was not right. Or you would hear on the intercom constantly during the show. Like if something like if I twisted my ankle during the show there was a bag of ice and two people there waiting for me. And then there's the doctor on site. Like you'd you'd take a little train over and there would be someone there to give you, you know, x-rays and stuff like Disney really does do their best to take care of people. But at the end of the day, like you're a performer and you got to wear this costume and, you know, but that's every show I feel like right now. Yeah. yeah, Every show. We didn't have a personal trait PT person until we were like a couple of weeks into performances. And it was after our Marlin was in the air and passed out from being cut off. It was not great, but listen, I I also, I do need to agree with Michelle. Every show, everyone has lasting injuries. I can, any show I've ever done in my life, I can say, I remember when I hurt myself here and I'm still feeling it now. Like everybody you know, it doesn't matter what show you did. And like you said, it could be the simplest movement and you're going to be hurt forever. Because Doing it over like the Nessas and have their wrist things. Yeah. Right. Like, so it's like, it's, it's kind of like WWE. Like it's just expected that injuries are going to happen. Yeah. you know, And the industry happen. is changing, Yeah, but it was, a, it was a thing where in rehearsals, if you know, like frozen was different because they had like four girls for, or however many girls, you know, rehearsing for Anna, but no one knew what the grid was going to be. So you were auditioning the whole time up until that must've been horrible. Yeah. Um, I wasn't there for that, but the stories I hear were a little uh, disheartening, but it, so you just hear like, like at the end of um, nothing's in my way, the beginning that was directed for her to be running upstairs in a 25 pound dress singing, nothing's in my way. Like amazing. Running upstairs, but because you have, you know, I can't speak to those girls' experiences, and I'm sure that it just in my mind, I can't imagine being in that rehearsal room being like, I have to do it. I have to do it. Like, I can do it. Oh, she can't do it. I can do it. it. 
or yeah. I can be on my knees for this whole song. Of course I can be on my knees because if I can't be on my knees, then, you know, but that's the industry. That's what it is. I remember being in wicked rehearsals and someone, you know, and it was like, Oh, well he can't do a back handspring. So we're going to have to give that pass to someone else, you know? And it's just, cause, and then you, the, I remember the, I remember the performer and he was like, I'm not doing a back handspring every single night, eight times a week, but he had nine Broadway shows behind him. Mm. You know, like when you're 20 in that room, it's hard to be like, absolutely not. You and know, we're in front of Bobby and Kristen who are like big up and comers. And like, yeah. you're in this position where everybody is making this multi-million dollar thing. Yeah. And they're looking at you as a lead to just Represent- make it, make it work. Like up, literally yeah. they're like, here's a puppet. Here's the stage. You guys come back to us when you have the number done. Like it was, you know, we're like, oh my gosh, this is like the pressure and you want to do, I think at one point Nemo, we, we started out where we would run, we, we would say, come out, Hey dad, we'd run out and slide on our knees to the front of the stage. And then we ultimately decided that that was probably not something a six-year-old would do. That's maybe something an eight or nine-year-old would oh, do. Yeah, we yeah. Had lots of, we had lots of character work around being five to six, not seven to eight age difference there um but yeah everyone you get just to do this for a living means you're gonna get hurt so that that it's interesting because because you were there from the beginning you probably spent a fair amount of time with bobby and Kristen, right yeah we spent a lot of time with them are they Um, good people and it was before Kristen. (laughs) she's like no (laughs) uh they're wonderful it was before Kristen had i mean this was like I shouldn't, this was not Kristen's first big thing or whatever, but it was one of those more notable things where then, um, because I think after that she did like in transit and all these different kinds of things. Um, what I will say is they're loyal. Mm. They use their people, you know, they use every, 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 uh, singer, every troll in the movie of, um, of frozen is someone that was in the original cast of book of Mormon. Like, oh, wow. uh, most of the people from in transit were people that were like great, uh, acapellists. What is it called? What yeah, that, that's you know, right. Acapella singer. Um, sure. From, from Nemo. Um, so that, that is one thing that, and I think, you know, they, everybody had a lot to prove at that time. Again, mm-hmm. also because we didn't have things like Instagram and all these different, it was all just very easy to get in to make it all kind of become insular and and lose your way i know i lost my way at one point i i had kind of i was overworked and i was tired and i was all the things and Kristen had like come back and was like what's happened to your performance oh no performance of a 10 year old not the performance of a five and a half year old and you know wow it would get really it would get very serious Wow. Very yeah, I mean, it is serious for them. That's their career, you know? Uh, yeah. And, and and for all, I mean, I will say all of us from that show went on to do kind of the next thing that they really wanted to do, whether that was Broadway, a national tour, uh, an album, TV show, whatever, right. like everybody from that cast and, and Kristen and Bobby being the leaders in that, like I mean, everyone was like, oh, we're all kind of like at this place where we can kind of make whatever we want to have happen in our lives happen next. And so we would literally bleed for it, you know? Yeah, literally. Um, so, so, and then Michelle, you were saying, um, the, you know, the, the cutthroat nature of the, of the business, right? Cause there's mm-hmm. 400 other girls who can also do it. 
Mm-hmm. And so if you're not willing to break your knees or whatever, you know, somebody's right behind you to do it. And being in Los Angeles, there's so much more of a talent base than right. there might be in Orlando. Yeah. And like yeah. all of the Elsas, I mean, we had an Elsa leave to go do Wicked, Elsa leave to go do Hamilton, Elsa leave to go do Cher on Broadway. Like our girls were amazing. And they, and Disney, you know, cause I would always ask the casting directors, like, why aren't we on a contract? Like, why is it not a six month contract this way? You don't have that issue of like, we don't have enough people right, right now for this summer. We just don't have enough people. And he, you know, he's wonderful. And he's like, because then we wouldn't have the people like, yeah. no one, you know, because then sign a contract because that would prevent them from doing. Right. Cause there is that thing about like, it's a theme park, but I got to tell you, Disney is the best contract I have ever been on at Disneyland at Disney world's a difference in equity contract, but man, like Disney, if you, you know, if you put in the work and you do it, then it, you know, I got a great maternity leave. I got to spend Christmas with my family. It wasn't like on Wicked where you couldn't take a day off unless no one else was taking a day off that day. Mm-hmm. And so it was, you know, and I really would try to preach that to everyone at the cast. Like all the young kids would be like, listen, stay here as long as you can. Like I wanted to die there. And I told people that all the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to ride this show out for as long as it goes. And then I'm going to do the next show as long as it'll have me, but it's, it's hard to get in. Um, but I was so lucky and blessed to be there as much as I was. And I loved it. Um, but yeah, you really have to, but that's also the industry is taking care of yourself too. You have to be able to know when to call out, which is hard, you know, it's hard Mm -hmm. to make that decision. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you just have to take care of yourself and nap when you can and, you know, not go out at night. And no one's going to advocate for you. Yeah. You're, you have to learn to advocate for yourself. And Mm -hmm. like, if you're not, very good at at that and want to be the hero which you know i think i i i fell victim of that a lot like wanting to be the hero a lot of course you know and inevitably you get hurt or you you know you crabby or you (laughs) you (laughs) takes a toll on a thousand it took a huge toll on my relationship like all of Mm -hmm. those things but if you can have a sense of self and go this is a great gig this is great this is great money this is you know, great insurance. Like, yeah. Ness and I came into it at different points in our life. Cause you right. were on your way up and I was like, I did it. I love it. I'm going to retire at Disneyland and live my Disneyland dreams. Um, and so I think I was in a different place than, you know, than you, yeah. I don't know. If, and, and, yeah. And I, I think I had, but, t- I had so much. I was like, oh, I've been living in, I've been doing the wrong thing with my life. And now I can <laughs> do the right thing with my life. Well, it so sounds like, like- it sounds like Florida too, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like in Florida there was less of that like competition cutthroat thing and more of like a we're pushing ourselves because we want to push ourselves because this is a an interesting not that that didn't exist at Disneyland, of course, yeah. but like it sounded more like uh like a, a like a family that was like willing to yeah. push themselves I think that's I think that's probably true i mean i don't I don't know I think. I don't know if it, because there was definitely competition within that. Group right. Too, but, but it is, I mean, it is a community there. It's a beautiful community of people that are like Disney. They will, like, like Michelle said, like, we'll die. Like, well, and you don't have, you don't have LA breathing down your neck either. Right. Or New York. And, right. and also, you kind of have this thing, which I think LA has, which is kind of beautiful, um, which is people will come from, from New York 
mm-hmm. to Disney World after like kind of licking their wounds a little bit. Like mm-hmm. it's been a rough time in a city grinding, waking up at 7 a.m. auditions, audition, auditions, being told no all the time. It's the weather, it's this. Mm-hmm. And you come to Orlando and it's like you're getting you're getting paid what you should be getting paid for the work that you're doing. You're getting insurance. You're getting uh, you get to drive a car. You get to go to Chick Fil A when you want. Yeah. Like there's, there's like less, very simple less pleasure. competition too, right? Yeah, and and so and so you you I don't know that there's less more or less competition, but you just are in a more blissful state of mind, so you don't even think about it as much. Right. Hmm. All right. So just in the interest of your time, um, a couple of so I we know why uh, Michelle is no longer Elsa. Um, but why do you, are you no longer Nemo? <laughs> <laughs> My point is, why did you leave the show? Why did I leave the show? Well, um, God, I don't, I, <laughs> too many reasons. Um, the, one of the things that happened towards the end was they put me on light duty. So I, both of my wrists were gone. Mm. And so we were put on light duty, both myself and Allison Case, I think. I think she was, I can't remember if we were on at the same time or not. But um, so our options were to either not get paid or go and work in the park. Like, you know, just like dress like like anybody and, and go and, and help like clean the um, 3D glasses. That was light mm-hmm. duty. And or just so, people for how nice they are. Yes. I'll talk to you. That <laughs> Disneyland and Disney World are different in that respect. I had to stay when I was on what we call transitional because I was pregnant. They, we stayed in our, um, like I had to stay within entertainment. Mm-hmm. So they really didn't have anything for us to do because I can't do wigs or anything like that. So transitional, usually if you're on it for like, a a week or two you would go and like fill up the advil in the dressing rooms of everyone but i got put on you remember vanessa i was smile police walking around disneyland pregnant (laughs) judging people for doing yeah so you were talking about it before we went on on sorry ness (laughs) no i love it you you would walk around and look at cast members and how they interacted with people and this is a thing that i think most of our audience doesn't know is a thing so a little bit more detail. So it wasn't a thing. So when I was about five months pregnant, I finally, it was just a little uh, not great to have pregnant Elsa. So they, uh, Glenn Kelman, who was a director at Disney, but there wasn't a lot of shows happening, a lot, not a lot of new shows happening. So he like developed this courtesy and show, which I wish I could still be a part of. Um, and it was in the infancy of the program of he, as a performer, as a director, saw that, you know, maybe the people in Tomorrowland aren't using the right vernacular when they're talking to people or they should be um, applauded for their work. And just they he took it upon himself to create this new thing. And so in its infancy, I would walk around in my business casual and a clipboard and walk into stores and just tell people how great they were doing. And then I'd write, you know, this, you know, Nancy at the Tomorrowland Terrace gave this guest a great experience and I would pass that along and it was so rewarding and I loved it. But it was also fun to be like, that person just yawned as if like <laughs> I've never yawned on set before. Right. Like, and so it was really fun to be the, 
the Disney smile. I called it the smile police, but that's not what it was at all. Was I want like, you to have that job still. That's a cool. I know. Job. Oh, it's such a cool job. job. And then it turned into like Glenn uh, taking uh, the managers and taking everyone and giving them classes of like because when walt opened the it, like we would read all of walt's original manuals and you guys have to do like a, like a disney university no to disney university when i joined disney the first time was like two weeks and then when i joined the second time it was like two days and it rained so we didn't even really do anything uh but because you usually got trained they then it was like then you go get trained in your area so do, but do you have any dirt on maynard <laughs> on who <laughs> he's a favorite cast member with yeah. people <laughs> it's Maybe. good anyway, to know no. that that there isn't yeah. Yeah. No, so probably it's it's crazy to me to think i i've worked at safeway for 12-ish years and we had a, relate, a secret Eric. what's that? in the entertainment department <laughs> oh yes yes oh. yes clearly a house. <laughs> <laughs> but uh like safeway has a secret shopper program and it was always mm-hmm. like that's a big deal having people. And this was a separate thing. It wasn't even just, Oh, I'm the manager at this store. I'll go, uh, go to that store and I'll look at people. They ha- they hired people to do this and they traveled around the region to go through this. We all knew what the rubric was. We, we had that, but it's crazy to me to think that Disney priding themselves on, on all of this training and going through Walt's, Going through Walt's manuals is is cool, and the Disney, you know, I've heard about Disney University, University and everything. I, I can't believe that they didn't have a program like that already. I agree, and but you know what, Disney, what's really great is that you can like a lot of. I know some people who aged out of things, right, and you become a casting director, or you get into things, or you. But for some people, you have to create your own job if you want to hmm. stay. Um, and true, so there's a lot of people who were in, who like were in the, who were performers in the beauty and the beast and things like that or hunchback. And now they are, you know, a job that you've never even heard of, but mm-hmm. they made a job for themselves. And that's what uh, Glenn did is he was like, I'm going to create this. And it's such, I don't know whatever happened to it. Um, but yeah, he would then give like seminars to people to be like, Hey, let's go back to acting 101 and this is how you act with people. And not that I don't, I don't think that they, it was failing. Obviously Disney was not failing at that. Um, but he created that job and I, I just admire him so much. And I wish Glenn, if you listen to this, I would love that job. I will say though, like having been to both places and worked in one and different things, there is something. So this is getting ready for a point for, for frozen and for Disneyland, but because it is a smaller, more core group and of things like they can have Michelle who like loves working there and loves her job and she can plug in in a different place and love working there as well because it's all sort of this, I, I have this vision at least that because it's a little bit smaller, it's a little bit more um, concentrated. Hmm. And I think that sometimes it with the bigger part you know, we have our own park over here. And like, I mean, we right. never went to the magic kingdom, you know, we would only go to our park. Hmm. It's interesting yeah. how we're coming back to kind of where we keep coming with these comparisons, which is Disneyland, Disneyland is so much better. <laughs> well, I tend to agree, but you know, um, no, but that like it, Disney world. Yeah. There's, it's bigger. There's technically more stuff, you know, and you could have that family at all. You probably have that family atmosphere partially because you're in Florida, but also because of the bigness of it, you tend to 
in in the face of bigness, people tend to go in and create bubbles. Where at Disneyland, it's like the whole place is the family, and there's mm-hmm. that intimacy because it's smaller. Yeah, you definitely have a West Side group and an East Side group. When I worked there, there's definitely clicks even within Disneyland. But anyway, uh, before we kind of wrap up a little bit. Um, you were telling about your your departure, so you were on light oh, duty. Departure. So I was, did light duty, and then I I got cast in the High School Musical um, parade show, and I am I kind of pride myself in this. Um, so instead of doing light duty, I booked a different show, which was, seemed great. Except for I also hurt my show myself doing that show because that's who I am. That's nice. like Michelle's right. You'll get hurt doing everything. So I, I was doing a gig or I was doing a, a parade and then at one point I had to run up onto the float and I tripped up the stairs and they broke my ankle. So <laughs> I'm like very hazardous. I should not be playing like a, an action character. Yeah. <laughs> like a, like a beat cop. Uh, but anyway, after the cop, cop, it's just tackling people and getting hurt and being bruised every day of my life. But right. um, I just, I just go a little too hard. I just hit a little too hard every time. Um, yeah, adrenaline, you got the audience. Yeah. So after I hurt my ankle, and then I was like down, completely down. I went back and I did Nemo for like two weeks. I think once my ankle was better, and I, uh, my ex and I sold it. TV show in Canada and I was like well I guess I guess that's my cue that probably it's time for me to leave Disney World you sold a TV show so something you created and sold it to a network we created created a TV show and we sold it to HTV Canada what was it called what was it about Um, (laughs) it was called Marriage Under Construction and it was based on myself and my (laughs) ex-husband and that was the end of our marriage (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a whole other show and after our marriage did not last the construction i did uh i got um the spelling bee and i went to a spelling bee and moved to new york <laughs> right the, the, the putnam county yes yeah that's a william finn conversation we'll have to have for the later time. and then i met your roommate your college roommate and the rest is history yeah he's a sweetheart i but the one story um, about my college roommate, Landon, he, he and I would, so literally in the same room through college, five years, we shared a room. We're in beds, right? Ish, like full. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was, I mean, I was kind of there. For, we were there for each other through various relationships and whatever. And um, there was one time I was driving down the road. I was driving. He was in the front, he was in the passenger seat. I'll never forget this because it was traumatizing. A group of girls rolls up. And like, hey, what's up? Good looking. And I looked over and they're like, no, not you, your friend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. That was very sad for me. I mean, come play along. I'm not that bad looking, but Landon's a dream. Also, I've seen pictures of him then. I would not have touched him with a 10 foot pole back then with those frosted hips. Yeah, yeah. He just, for the listener, think Zach Morris. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. Um, anyway, so back to you guys. We can close out just because I you know you guys have been so generous with your time and being here. And I know that Vanessa was working on her IT degree for the first hour. Or so um, 
God, but, uh, being a marriage is under construction. I have to like <laughs> reach out to Landon and say, I'm sorry for what I said when I couldn't figure out how to download Chrome. <laughs> um, Public but, apology. But in and by the way, we can have a part two of this because I could listen to you guys forever. But in the meantime, you kind of intimated a little bit about it while you were working there. How often would you go to the parks? All the time on my oh. days off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went. We went in between shows. We would ride the um, Everest. Yeah, Everest. We'd ride Everest. We'd get right a diet coke, a dollar, and then go ride Everest. And then food and wine, and mm-hmm. we would go to see other people's shows. Um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I was at a park every single day. That's awesome. Yeah, but and you live. You were locked in, or not locked in Orlando, but you yeah. were. Yeah, but I yeah, think I was the only you, one in my cast that would on my days off <laughs> God would work Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then go on Friday. And I made my husband become a huge fan. And, and I was there like yesterday. Now we were? How is it being back? Well, that's not a comp- We can do that. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's heartbreaking and awful, but I don't okay. get my discount, yeah. but I love it. Price for stuff. I had to pay full price for my Trader Sam's mug, which I now will use for everything because it was $50. And I was what? not expecting that. $50? Yeah, because when you're at Trader Sam's, you're like, do you want the, like the, whatever, the mug Zombie. or, yeah. And I was like, of course I do. Duh. Mm-hmm. Duh. Was it going to be like $40? No, $50. And Zach, got, <gasps> not mad, but he left. And now I I'm have to use it for everything. You got to use it for everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you have to ask, you can't afford it, right? But I, I mean, at Christmas time, I used to get 50% off the entire park from October to February. Oh, I remember that. Oh. Yeah. Now, so. so- so we can determine a winner. Sorry. What do you got? Did we even talk about the show? No, no, that's fine. This is totally (laughs) perfect. Eric and Jimmy, I want to have lightning round for points between Uh the two of you based on what we've heard. Whenever you're ready to do it, Jimmy, it sounds like you were going to go in another direction. So as the make could be wrong (laughs) as the judge, that's just kind of what I'm thinking because we're basically at a tie right now. Um, I think we all win. But okay, everyone wins. Breaker, and it would be this: How many words do I remember from the show, and how many words does Michelle remember? And I guarantee she remembers more than that. Oh, I remember everything. I was just doing it with my son this morning. (laughs) One lyric that I recite, like fifteen years ago. Yeah, that's not fair. I will say, I think if we're like, I loved Nemo. I loved Nemo. I saw Nemo right after we were talking about Little Mermaid. And I was like, how is this not on Broadway? But Little Mermaid is. Um, But I think, I mean, we got that LED screen, which was smart. Although this is funny. When they built the LED screen, they didn't build the stage strong enough to hold it. Oh, no. (laughs) So that's one of the reasons. (laughs) That's one of the reasons I think production got postponed. I mean, I could be remembering that fact wrong because it was a long time ago, but they like built the stage and then put in the LED screen and we're like, nope, 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 nope. But back, 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 back. And they had to re-reinforce the stage because just couldn't hold it. But that thing is incredible. And I hope that it stays, although I don't know if it's going to, but man, that thing is, we used to watch the Super Bowl on that. We used to watch oh, wow. movies on that. Wow. Oh yeah. So I will, I should say this for sure too. A, a shout out to both of these incredible casts that yeah. have this mm-hmm. show running and going and breaking their bodies and making it better for themselves. I remember we visited, we did a 10 year anniversary, you know, how many ago that was now. And like got to go backstage and see just like, what what a little house and home they had made these trailers our our, our dressing rooms into like 
it is truly devastating that these shows have closed. And yeah, yeah it is. Incredible actors are out of work and yeah. that that really did pour their hearts and souls into every performance. Yeah. It was awful going back and like cleaning out our lockers. After a year, we weren't allowed back in the park right. for a year to go get the stuff out of our lockers. Oh, wow. And I going back and it was just, yeah, because we didn't get closure with Frozen and it was... Mm. Really, oh, so you didn't have a final performance. No, we had a. We're taking two weeks off. We'll see you in two weeks. Wow. That's right. It was supposed to be. That's right. Real, real quick pandemic. <laughs> real fast, just like fast, because we and we all read it on our phones. It was like Broadway shut down, and then the next day it was like we saw it on some kind of app. Not even no, we learned from the news that the show was shut. That Disney was shutting down, but we were going to get paid for the two weeks, and we'll see you in two weeks. And then it turned into four, and then after like our union had to get involved to be like, Hey, we got to get, you know, we got to figure this out. And it was awful. It was awful. Not, I mean, Disney did the best. Disney really took care of us specifically us. They took such good care of us. They, you know, during that whole thing. And finally it was just like, we got to let go, but it, they let us back in to go grab our stuff. And it was really devastating handing back in my ID, which I thought I'd have for years. Well, it's a very, very small token. But since we are basically tied, Wait, I'm ready for a lightning round. Are you ready for a lightning round? Okay. Uh, so, well, I mean, here, I'm going to give Frozen three points for, oh. to help with the closure. Okay. Thank you for my pain. Because that, okay, that's, I hurt hearing that. Yeah. yeah. It was, and, and like your simply, family. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about like, what if I wasn't, what if I didn't have, my last day of work at the box office at the movie theater, that would yeah. be like hard. This is a, that's hard. Yeah. No matter yeah. what yeah. your job is there, you want that transition. You right. Need, yep. You need that closure. But Michelle did. In like fact, we clapped for, we like a final clap, you know? Right. Yeah. right. I do remember my last show I came up and they're like there, everyone was there from the whole production team was there. All of our managers and I sang, let it go. And I added many liberties and Mm-mm. someone goes, oh, it sounds like uh, you're, you know, you saying that as if you're going to get two weeks off. And I was like, no, I saying that as if I'm not going to get notes tomorrow. No one's going to remember in two weeks that I did all these options. But instead, but I knew somewhere deep in my heart. That I was like, this might be it. This is awful. Oh, God, it's, it's, yeah. So, it's, 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 yeah. I mean, Vanessa left by choice. It, well, Michelle, yeah, but, yeah. Like, I mean, but our show, really. got, or Nemo also got closed in, this, yeah. in the same way. Where no, 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 but you, you left Nemo. I left Nemo on my own, yeah. on my own, yeah, on your own terms. Yeah. Uh, the theater in the wild seats 1500 people is this lightning round yeah okay hyperion's more than that way more than that no supreme oh whoops i should supreme supreme probably more than that right okay so who which one has more seats oh you had to ask you you had to throw in seats because i was realizing earlier this morning like i didn't look up how many people um the hyperion can seat and uh, i don't think we'll get to it I know so, it's minimum two thousand, if not more. I, I think what? I've seen two thousand. Twenty three. It might be oh, twenty three, but I. Or well, 20, frozen. Jimmy, you chose that. Yeah, that was me. I thought for sure it would be bigger because it's the biggest theater in Animal Kingdom. Yeah, but um, the Hyperion is the biggest not. theater in California. Yeah, that's fair. Dang it! The best Sorry. theater. That theater. It is, Eric, and it's have? not a theater because it doesn't have bathrooms. Did you know that it doesn't have bathrooms, and so people <gasps> would leave like dirty diapers in the. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
it's not a, theater. not a theater no so they built it as like a touring That's like what the denver thing. is and then halfway through construction they were like it, it, we just don't have time we'll cut the budget it's not a theater it's not legally a theater i mean i don't know i'm making well, i'm not I mean, making this up but it doesn't have it doesn't have a lobby and it doesn't have bathrooms so it's not well it, i think that iperion did or sorry my theater did so did we get a point for i still it? had to go outside to go. for nemo <laughs> yeah you guys had bathrooms that's nice <laughs> yes uh the hyperion does seat 2000 people um all right we already got the point right i know <laughs> um it's the less. jungle I, book fine. the jungle book opened the theater when the theater at disney's animal kingdom first opened the show that was hosted there was called journey into jungle book it was full of amazing songs from the movie and various puppets I, da, 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 till the day that i am grown that song Sure. Jungle you, was that an oh, actual yeah that, am i not allowed to sing on a podcast no yet? no no, no <laughs> you're fine i'm just wondering if jimmy was actually putting that up for a point i'm just <laughs> throwing out there i don't know it, i don't know I that this this lightning round is going great but <laughs> <laughs> the hyperion held the world premiere for spy kids Ooh, that's a point oh. for Nemo. I think that's in my point opinion. for Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nemo definitely gets a point for that one. Uh, Frozen would show the first like eight minutes of Frozen Two before the show when oh, we were. Yeah, everyone got to see. We I think we premiered into the unknown. So cool. Yeah, point for Frozen. That was the unknown. It's a good song. They tried real hard to recreate "Let It Go." Um. I don't know if they succeeded. It's good. It's a good song. In another podcast. We will talk it's just about harder it. to sing. You got to, you got to get a song that little girls can sing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's a good point. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Really so uh, both of you, before we close, do you have anything else you want to say or anything, any other story you want to share before part two comes out next year? <laughs> I, I just want to share that it was the, uh, it was the greatest time of my life. It was the most fun I've ever had. It's the best people I've ever worked with. I've been in, you know, we we're all, all of our original, that original cast is still extremely close. Mm-hmm. Um, we're there when people are in hospitals or people are for people's weddings or, you know, all the big stuff. Those are the faces that I see in the room all the time. So um, mm-hmm. it's just, it was the greatest, it was the greatest thing I ever got to be a part of it. And I'm, so it's really fun to get to come on here and talk about it. Yeah, and I love all of them and all those workers that were out that are out of work. Amen. So Amen. And hopefully it comes. I know Nemo's coming back in some capacity next year, Yeah, but well. not quite the same. Michelle, anything else? No, I mean, I can second that. There's nothing. I mean, you complain while you're there, but because that's the actors, we like to do give that. But, job. You want to hear an actor complain, give them a job. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, but that's also bonding. That's a big part yeah, of, totally. you know, sitting in the, dressing room being like oh can you believe and you're like oh yeah but that was still the best i would still prefer that day when i was angry and upset and crying or whatever because something silly but right. it just becomes your whole world and it becomes so important as it should yeah. um but it yeah. really was the best hands down the best job as a performer i've ever had the way i was treated the way i was allowed you know family is important the corporate side of it you really got to take advantage of you know taking five months off when you have a baby, you know, you really can't do that anywhere else as a performer. I mean, you can now it's changing. Things are changing, but you know, and if you got hurt, you were still taken care of. And, you know, I always felt, you know, and everyone has a different experience, but my personal experience in the frozen show was that I felt 
like a star. I was treated as such. And I loved every, I loved everyone. Even the people I hated, I would still rather work with them today than do any other job. Well, I'd say just like, like any job, you know, if, if Joe Blow has a bad day, somebody doesn't get a widget, but you know, what you guys do or did, you know, it, it, it really literally impacts a person's life and a person's day. Um, the emotional response that you give or you've given, you know, hundreds of times to people like me, I've seen both of you in those shows. I personally watched both of you perform in these shows. Um, not that I knew it was you at the time, but I, I watched it and you were both incredibly talented and you had a huge impact on me in particular. You both made me cry and you didn't know it. Um, so thank you for all you do and thank you for being here and you guys are both just beautiful and incredibly talented so thank you well thank you for giving us the gift of being able to talk about it and talk to each other i miss you ness i love you um Um, so in the meantime i just want to remind you guys a supreme con 2021 that is our the supreme resort convention supreme con 2021 is in october october 16th and 17th at disneyland resort this isn't an invitation (laughs) Uh, many friends of the show we have friends of the show we have fans we have former guests like natalie from disneyland.com look it up vanessa disneyland.com disneyland it's disneyland except an r instead of a y and then julie tremaine from sf gate is going to be making an appearance so uh if you're in the area october 16th 17th of 2021 come by and see us we have a lot of dining reservations we do (laughs) go to waste it's great um and then Concierge. Concierge has a nice new blog. The Concierge is your uh, vacation planning service. You get a personal concierge. You pay the same as anyone else. Or if you, you pay the same as if you went to DisneyWorld.com or Disneyland to book. Uh, but Concierge will do all of it for you. They'll do the dining reservations. They'll do the theme park reservations for you. Um, I just had a friend reach out the other day who I used to work with. And she knows that I'm a Disney fan. She's like, I want to go to Disney World in next year. Can you book it for me? So we had the whole planning meeting and booked the whole thing for her. Uh, That's 856-hour ears. They do some good work. Check out Eric's stuff on the blog. It's really good. Uh, Remember to listen to the other shows. That's Ears Up about Disneyland. Ears Up In-Depth, which is Disney News. This show, The Supreme Resort, which, of course, being the best, there's uh, the Bantha Milk podcast, Milk Milk Lemonade, Around the Corner Bantha Milk. <laughs> it's a Star Wars podcast. Um, and uh, also Scraping the Vault, where we review straight-to-video Disney sequels. Solid work. And also, I, we, I, last week, solid work. Thank you. I at least have been inspired to, if we ever do Dealer's Choice, to bring in Be Somebody or Be Somebody's Fool or mm-hmm. Showgirls. Oh. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we are going through... <laughs> Vanessa and Michelle, we're going through... Because the competition element, it got me thinking about, mm-hmm. like in Showgirls, yeah. how it's all cutthroat and everything. Showgirls is one of the greatest movies ever made, hands down, forever. I like, agree. Side note, you know, Eric hasn't seen it. This is so personalness. Yeah, I've been trying to get him for years not, to watch it. Not My, on the show, Eric, your husband. No, yeah, our no, our best, our other yeah. best friend, who our, tra- our family. Yeah. Our anyway, family. We're if family. we're going to talk about Showgirls, you know, yeah, you can we're come in. Showgirls. Yeah. Or I would also love to come back <laughs> for... Return of Jafar. I mean, those were all of, or well, we can I, go we, off brand and get that Thumbelina in there. So <laughs> I remember we're that. Here's what we're doing. We, we're doing, if you go to Wikipedia and look at straight to video Disney sequels, we started at the top and we're going all the way down the list. We just did Stitch the it's movie. It's like opposite uh, of Drake. Then I'm, then I'm, Wait, I love it. That's true. That's past me. I'm thinking about Stitch. 
Leroy and Stitch. Yeah. So Michelle, if you're interested in those movies, you actually liked them or watched them. We, it's you fun. might be past my, uh, my, but you can go back watching. and listen to them is what I'm saying. Yeah. But it's different than like return of the farm. Man, I watched that. I, that's yeah. in my book. Those songs are in my book. Oh yeah. <laughs> my, my audition <laughs> book. Yep. Amen. Sister. Um, anyway, so scraping the vault is uh very good. Uh, last one, stitch the movie. And then, so the dealer's choice guys, I love, a very Brady Christmas. And so I insisted last Christmas that we would review a very Brady Christmas. And then at that point, Dan's like, well, if you get a dealer's choice, I get a dealer's choice. So for Valentine's day, you can move your head, Dan. We did Walt Disney presents (gasps) Perry. Perry is about a squirrel and it's ultimately a love. She's a Disney princess. (laughs) Did you see the, did you see the remake? The live action remake? Remake of Of Perry? Perry. Maybe it's definitely a squirrel. Maybe it's not I, Perry. No, there is a movie oh, that yeah. was made recently with a squirrel, and it is not Perry. Okay. This I have seen Perry. Because Perry Disney would not be remade in no. today's audience. Okay. Which one am I thinking of? It was definitely a Disney movie with a squirrel superhero. Yeah, I know, what, I know what you're talking about, and it's I, not Perry. I have seen Perry because we oh. during COVID, we went through the whole yeah. Disney On Plus. On Disney Plus, mm-hmm. yep. And we also did, uh, for Halloween, we did Tower of Terror starring Steve Gutenberg, okay. uh, who is a very close personal friend of Tom Selleck. Um, anyway, so, end of the pod, friend of the pod. That friend of the pod. And there then we, we did uh, Cats, the, the movie musical. And Oh, that was... Whoa, I wish I had been a part of that one. I have a <laughs> Now, Vanessa and Michelle, we are planning to do a series of movie musicals because... Put me in. Put me in, coach. All right. We're yeah. in. All right. I will download Chrome. I will get it handled. <laughs> <laughs> it all worked out on Zoom. So that is that. So um, also Spectral Radio is a radio station that plays exclusively Disney theme park music, rides, complete attractions, Disney movie music, um, music from around the world. I highly recommend it to both of you and our listeners. Awesome. Spectro underscore radio at all the socials. And then uh, contact us. I'm Jimmy at earsup-podcast.com. That's Dan at earsup-podcast.com. E. Johnson at concierge.com. And uh, how do we, how do, you want people to follow you guys? How do we, how do we get a hold of you or uh, how do we follow you? You can say no. Follow me on Instagram <laughs> at vrayskull, like by the power of grayskull. Nice. I have the power. Um, and it's the same on Twitter, but I don't know my password for that. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love you. Uh, mine's just Michelle London nine zero in my Instagram. It's not fun anymore, but I'll make it fun. Let's go back to being fun. Make it fun. Michelle should be an influencer and that's a whole other conversation. That's a different podcast. All right. Uh, that will be part three of this episode, (laughs) which I'll remind you is called, (laughs) I'm going to keep this too, by the way, the case of the Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez written non-Magic Kingdom, now closed theme park musicals, Finding Nemo versus Frozen. Nemo and Elsa, thank you so much for being here. It's been a blast. And uh, listener, be good to each other and we'll see you really soon.
I've never been able to nail the landing. I have no idea how to change the show. That was a hard, that's a tough uh, title that you're given. It's a what? It's a tough title. Well, so we every episode title is the case of something. It's like when it was when it was Everest versus um, uh, Matterhorn. It was the case of the Yetis or something like that, and then it was you know Matterhorn v Everest. And so I just thought it was because the whole point of this is both shows are not at Magic Kingdom, so they're equal that way. Both were written by the Lopez's. You know what I mean? Both are closed. It's a good comparison. And right. they're it both original. Yeah, it was good. So, it was good. I like it. Anyway. <laughs> All right. You ready? I'm ready. You ready? Oh, did I? Come on. Oh, actually, since Wait, we're what? doing this, I should not. I should be recording on the cloud and not my computer, just in case I just get disconnected. Recording my, stopped. <laughs> my internet recording in progress. Unstable. There we go. Okay, real close here. You're right, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm connected to the interwebs. Oh no! I froze a minute ago. <laughs> God, supreme. <There's> <laughs> I'm gonna plug in while this is happening. I'm gonna plug in my my computer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How can it be unstable? Fuck. Supreme. <laughs> show, I'll show you unstable. You got hoodwinked on that new internet connection. I know. I totally. When you're were, they wearing a, were they wearing a straw hat? And <laughs> Does the cable connecting to your house uh, resemble twine? <laughs> I got AT&T fiber. Snake oil? <laughs> yeah, the speed test says I have like 300 megabytes of service. Yeah, but speed then test lies. All right. Okay. Smoke them if you got them. And we're back. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have to find an ad spot, but yeah, we'll be fine. Let's not worry about that right now. Okay. Um, um, go ahead and play. Okay. I'll do it. Welcome to the Supreme Resort Land V World, a podcast about Disneyland and Walt Disney World, and which is the Supreme Resort. Did the music stop, or is it just me? Or is it my internet unstable? Damn it. <laughs> Jim, Jimmy froze. <laughs> Welcome to the Supreme Resort. This is a show where we occasionally get things very right. And sometimes get things kind of wrong. This might be a little bit of both. Uh, I'm not Jimmy. Jimmy's uh, calling his internet service provider, filing a well-deserved complaint. I'm Dan, and I hate the Beatles. And joining me, as always, is Jimmy. All right, Hi, Jimmy. all right. We're doing it. God damn it. <laughs> this is going to work. <laughs> okay, can we do this again? Start over? Okay, we're... This is totally going post, but you know what? I'm going to go postal. <laughs>